that the substance of money is everywhere and that money flows with a predictable velocity in a predictable direction. Knowing this is the beginning to living your best life in three, two, one. Pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. Greetings, I'm Stephen Canyon. Glad you could join us. Welcome back. Email address, kineticbelieve at stephencanyon.com if you'd like to comment on today's podcast. StephenCanyon.com is the website, and good morning to you, Miss Megan. Good morning, good morning. Zippity doo da. Yeah, it's a good day. Another extraordinary one, another isn't one, it? Another one, another one. Go, go, go. Yeah, life is so good, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You it having is. fun today? Having a great day. What have you been doing so far? Mm, did a little laundry first thing this morning, and. Had a nice cup of tea looking at the ocean, so yeah, yeah it's a good start to the day. Caught you listening to some music earlier, too. Yeah, a little oh. music. I always have music on, though. Mm, you do, don't you? Yes. Today, unlocking the code of the money flow. What? Oh, yeah, I've got the combination right here. Okay, I think we could all use that. <laughs> we all could use that, couldn't we? <laughs> well, you know, there's so many, many, many so-called secrets to attracting wealth. Yes. And, and the reason they're secrets is because the key to the money flow lock is our identity. Yeah. So how many different identities are there in the world? And within one person. <laughs> yeah, so, well, that's right. <laughs> within Who one person. Who am I today? Right. But Let's that, figure this but out. But that's what makes it so difficult. You know, if you were looking around going, I need to make money like they're making money. Well, you've already messed up. Oh, yeah. And that's the secret. Well, and it's also really hard to not go after money with only money in mind. Because when you do that, you're going to probably end up doing something you don't enjoy doing. Well, you're pursuing so money rather than attracting it. Yeah, so it's this very, it can be very confusing, and it's this strangely ironic pursuit. So we're about to find out that yeah. we don't pursue money. We yeah. attract money according to our identity. Mm. We have to know who we are and what makes us us in order to attract. Wow. Otherwise, you're attracting to someone else, and that doesn't work. No. You're trying to be someone else. That doesn't work. It's always going to end up being depressing. And, you know, once the initial excitement wears off, you're just sort of sitting there not doing what you love, not doing what you what's what's resonating with you. Right. So I see you've got on some long sleeves. You want to take a second to roll those up? Oh, no, I'm good. Okay, we're going to dig in. All right, let's go. <laughs> People live lives that are average, right? And I mean, as a, as a, as a result of not knowing who they are, you end up living an average life. Right. If you don't know your identity, there have always been a majority of people considered average on this planet, mm-hmm. not because they're average, but because they don't know what to believe, and that makes them average. Every single person is an average creator. We're all co-equal in that sense. Mm-hmm. So with the average ability to attract the genius of our greatness, that's within all of us. Every person possesses the quantum power of belief. But then what makes us average performers is not knowing that, not knowing our identity. Well, and isn't it amazing how none of us are really taught these things as we are in our in those de- developmental years. And so really the the work starts when you finally get this get this, you know, higher viewpoint and you start to understand how identity works and what it is and what it means to you and how that you really do sort of have to chase it down in this world. 
Yeah, and I'm, you know what? And that is one of the things that I've been grateful for here as of late, is I think that we are now entering into an age where we are being taught that as kids. Mm. Children are learning this now for the first time. And you're right. When I was coming up, nobody told me this stuff. No. Oh, no. You know, uh-uh. I'm, I'm out climbing trees yeah. and throwing rocks. <laughs> and that was the extent of my... At trees. At trees. <laughs> right. Yeah. So things are changing, and I'm so excited about that. Right now, there are there are the uh, about seven point six billion creative wow. creators right now inhabiting the earth. That's a lot. That's a lot of people, it is. right? Yeah. Well, it's it's a lot, but I think you could if you gave each one of them about two square feet, you could stand everybody in Jackson County, Florida. <laughs> But who wants to do that? So that's a lot of people, and we spread them out. And I'm going to tell you what's really exciting is that the world is moving away from the nature of competitiveness. And that's where we are now in 2020. The survival instinct to compete with each other, that's kind of, we're seeing that that's old school. And fundamental survival instincts have resulted in just this believable state of competition we uh, we come into the world, we're being taught to compete, like you're saying, rather yeah. than being taught to attract and to create and to identify with our own yeah. self. Keyword is instinct because, you know, any any high level skill, whether it be ballet or learning a new instrument, you're always sort of combating the natural instinct of movement and idea. So anything good, I think you're going to have to sort of retrain that instinct into this higher evolved form of self. Well, yeah, and because the instinct is this. If you go back to the original, I mean, way, way, way back, it's just a foot race to the kill. Yeah, and it's not that different anymore. <laughs> it hasn't changed that much. <laughs> unless unless we're grabbing hold of this enlightenment yes. stage that we've entered into. Absolutely. And I think that's, again, that's what's so exciting right now, mm. is that the world is changing, and it's changing for the better. For example, you know what? In the past, there's been a fear of lack, like we're talking about. Right. A fear there's just not enough to go around. If I don't beat you to the kill, that I'm not going to have enough for me and mine. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of that, we're driven by the imagination of just this limited market, this limited amount of supply. And we even see some of that right now. If you watch the news in the coronavirus and you see Costco being emptied out and people, you know, just standing in these long lines until the doors open and then yeah. what line? You know, we're, it's a race to the kill. It's a race to get the stuff before somebody else gets it. It's instincts. That's yeah. old school stuff. Base instincts, yeah. So we've just been in a world that's been, uh, it's an engine that's been driven by corporate invention and coveting what other people have, taking uh, shares of what we believe to be shares of some market that we've imagined that exists and competition within those limited boundaries Evaluation, you know, it's not enough yeah. here, so you need to hurry. And oh, by the way, this is, you know, it's on sale till midnight, so you better hurry. And an interesting part about the instinct that you're talking about is also the the idea that the sort of financial situation that you grew up in. Um, I think it's always difficult for people to move beyond that because that's the picture you're given and we know the power of imagination and so you really do have to create this whole new world that you want to live in to move beyond that and so you know those imaginations that you have from your childhood and from how you grew up whether those be good or bad you know they're going to affect you and and those also create your instincts we're unbecoming all of those instincts we're unbecoming all of that stuff that we've been taught and realizing that you know what there is a different way 
And we're unlearning those knee-jerk habits and ways of reacting because what we're taught to do, and, and this is average again, in a world that competes with itself is the average person will get up every day and they use the senses to measure their surroundings, to measure the environment, to measure what's going on in the world. What do I see that's happening and taking place? What kind of, you know, how much inventory is there actually on a store shelf? How much uh, uh, provision is there actually? How much how much food is still left at the grocery store before they run out? And so what we believe to see is then what, what we consider, and that's our valuation system. Right. And this kind of measurement of belief, it says this, and this is what's being communicated to us through our subjective reality and subjective beliefs, is that what I observe is what I have to get. <laughs> what I can see is all there is, so... I need to hurry and get my share. All based on the senses. All based on the senses. My fair share. If it belongs to somebody else, then, you know, my desire is I've got to, if I want what they have, I've got to figure out how to take it to get it, (laughs) to have it. Yeah. How can I beat you to that? How Mm -hmm. can I get what you have? Oh, I need to do what you do to have what you have. Right. What if I want your wife or your husband? Yeah. You, know, you see how it's it really fast. Yeah. If it belongs to somebody else, I got to figure out how to get it. That's the competitive game of fear. That's all based in fear. Fear is based in, it's going to say, you know what? There's lack. There's not enough. You'll go hungry if you don't take what belongs to somebody else. The spoils of which always, and if you're in that game of chasing after what you see, whatever you get, whatever you are hoarding to yourself, whatever nuts you're storing in your treehouse, all of that comes with sorrow. Wow, you know, you're really giving us a clear picture of the arena that we're actually living in, this sort of war of the worlds between living by your senses and then the life that's going on in your mind and in your heart and spiritually speaking. We were watching a Clint Eastwood movie. We came in about halfway through it. And I, I don't even know the name of it, but it was riveting. Was As all his movies are, you can't help but stop whatever you're doing and go, oh, my gosh, but he is too cool. i yeah. got to see what he's going to do in, in such a cool way next. And the scene was, apparently there were some bad guys coming into town. Which Not in a Clint Eastwood movie. It. Oh, yeah. There's some, really? There were bad I'm guys? I'm not kidding. Yeah, you've oh, got to okay. see it again. Yeah, already. <laughs> but there's some bad guys coming into town. He had taught the town people how to defend themselves. So everybody had been out practicing shooting their guns. Mm-hmm. And this little guy who he had made the mayor of the town uh-huh. said, uh, so after all of this is over, then what do we do? And Clint Eastwood <laughs> and his bad to the bone, too cool self said, uh, you live with it. You live with it. <laughs> and that's another way of saying, you know what, whatever, whatever the spoils are that you end up with at the end of the day, by competing, by taking, by killing, whatever it is you're doing to gain, it always comes with sorrow. Mm-hmm. You live with it. Yes. Humankind is advancing as a whole into this enlightened age of creativity. And I am so thankful. What an amazing, marvelous way of life this is. And this is the thing. A utopia does exist already in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And it's in our imaginations. We're creating that. We're creating it. And it begins with the individual. And it will happen. It's going to become uh, a collaboration. It will become corporate. It Mm -hmm. will become something that is part of the the whole. Well, and you're so right that it's actually just becoming a part of our society that this age of Aquarius, this heightened time that we're living in. um, I saw some videos the other day of just children doing affirmations. 
Mm-hmm. And they supposedly do them every morning. I'm thinking, what an amazing thing to grow up. And that's going to cause everyone to sort of evolve. And it just kind of you know, pushes this down the road and makes it bigger and better than ever. Well, that's fantastic. And, you know, what we're finding out now is that the one percenters that we've always known, you look around the world and you see people that are attracting great wealth. They're having great success. They're living these stellar lives compared to the rest of, of us. Mm-hmm. So what is the difference? Well, we're finding out that there is the commonality of greatness is nothing more than the imagination and people that are adhering to and relying on their genius of purpose. And it not, has nothing to do with um, high IQ, has nothing to do with uh, some super ability that they were born with. It has everything to do with what they imagine to see. Their subjective realities become their reality. Well, and I love that you're telling us that this is really all rooted in your core true identity because we do live in a world where when you look around and it does seem like everyone is living their best life most of the time that's not accurate so when you're living by your senses and you're comparing yourself to other people there's just so there's more sort of fakery that's being presented to us and offered up to us every single day and so the the idea that all of this is going to be rooted in your authentic self and finding peace and harmony and and all the good things from within that's the key, and that actually makes more sense than ever. When we look within, right? When we look without, when we're looking out into this world, there is this great looming battle for our beliefs. And it's coming from every corner of the world. A battle for our beliefs. No, believe my way. No, I'm the government of this country. Believe my way. No, I, I am the manufacturer of these cars. Believe my way. Yeah. And so that's the battle that we all are engaged in when we look around with our senses. But when we look within, we're finding the genius of our own purpose. And when we align our creativity, align our desires, and align our imaginations with that genius of our own creative creator, then we begin to develop this ability to imagine invention. We develop abilities to become great artists, writers of literature and fables. We, we attract these wealth-building schemes, and we all of a sudden become adventurers, going in directions we've never imagined before. You know why? Because we never imagined before. Hmm. And so as we venture out into these lives, these great lives into the wilderness of exploration, then all of a sudden the creative bias within all of us, which has existed since the genetic code of humans was dynamically altered about 6,000 years ago, that creative bias, it's released to change our lives, to attract the substance of our desires, to manifest and change the circumstances that we're experiencing on a day-to-day basis. Well, it's just like you always tell us that when we are seeing things come into our lives, good or bad, that it's showing up to see what we're going to say about it, not so that we can see, oh, let me let me stand here and be a victim and see what happens. It's quite literally showing up to see what we're going to say. That's a great way of putting it, to see what we're going to say. If we say something is good, it's good. Yeah. If we say it's bad, we define it as bad. That's why it's so uh, important, uh, like... In my daily thought life, I really make a point to never say I am and then fill in a negative emotion, stressed, worried, whatever. Because when you call that in, it becomes so real. One of the strongest, greatest temptations we have in this fleshy, <laughs> natural body is, is, first of all, words are things. And it's so tempting when you feel bad. To pick up the phone and call somebody and say, I feel bad. Oh, yeah. You got to tell somebody. Why do we have to tell somebody? 
And there's so many yeah. various reasons, and actually it's very difficult to answer that question. Why do you have to tell somebody that you feel bad, that you that things are bad, that this is what's wrong with your life, or this is what went wrong at the poetry reading the other night. This is what was wrong at the group meeting that I was attending. This is what happened bad in traffic today. Why are we discussing all the bad energetics in our lives? And I'll tell you why. It's because the natural wants to to further advance the negative energetics which destroy and steal and rob and are destructive to our lives. Well, and I've always felt like, too, that it's important to admit that negativity is stimulating. It is incredibly stimulating. And so whenever we feel the need to pursue that and talk about it and stir those things up, I think it's a a really good sign and even... Uh, you know, just one of those triggers to realize that you, you're missing something. There's something off track here. There's something that's not positively stimulating us enough. And we're trying to sort of fill in all these holes. Going back to the natural state of being, yes, yeah, stimulating, right? A very simplified uh, analogy would be, let's, let's say there, you know, there's a group of people walking down the sidewalk. They're all together. On one side of the street, we have a car that's parking, it's parallel parking, and it's pulling in at the same time. On the other side of the street, another car is trying to parallel park. Mm -hmm. Well, the one car on this side of the street sideswipes a car and grinds the metal and pulls Mm -hmm. in and they they wreck their car parking. This is why I don't parallel park. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Ever. And the car on the other side of the street parks safely without any problem at all yeah the group of people walking down the street what are they going to look at oh they're not going to run over and and go wow that was a great parking job and applaud the great parking job right they're not going to do that that's an oversimplified uh, analogy but that's exactly but it. it points to our nature to be attracted to the negative yeah attracted to the thing that you know it's we wouldn't want to happen to our own lives yeah you know, everybody loves a, a, a great um, panic panic until it becomes our own. Absolutely. That's natural to who we are. And I like and I like these conversations where we sort of illuminate these subjects and we admit these things to ourselves, because until you do that, you can't deal with them. You can't see them coming. You can't step to the side to avoid these these positive energy traps. That's exactly right. Right. So here it is. 2020, again, the universal law of attraction has been used by the one percenters for thousands of years. And this we know. We know that they understood how to use kinetic belief. They, they weren't able to define it as such, but that's the power of it, and they knew how to use it. But now we know. All of us are figuring this out. And it's available to everyone that should care enough to take a few minutes to understand it. That is the beginning to unlocking the code of the flow of money and how all of this works. Through the natural evolution of the humankind soul, where we are, through 6,000 years of evolving the, the, the modern soul as it is, every person has that ability at the surface of understanding, at the surface of wisdom and gaining of knowledge to attract whatever it is that we can imagine to manifest. Any amount of money. We only limit the amount of money we're attracting by imagining the amount of money. (laughs) Regardless of where or when a person uh, has lived or is living, those who pay attention to their identity, their creative genius, 
and kinetically believe by staying on a desire without wavering, without running to the next fearful thing, without picking up the phone to talk negative and create negative source energetics because that will divert you away from the thing that you're attracting, the good thing that you're hoping for in your life. So we all have this ability. These are the people we are right now, our listeners, our kinetic believers, the community of kinetic believers. We're the ones that are are now attracting whatever amount of money that we desire into our lives. And we're doing it over and over and over. And the success stories are so overwhelming that I almost feel like I'm wasting my time by sharing one story. There's just so many. It's, that is one of the dip, most difficult things with doing this podcast every day. I, I love to cite specific examples. There's just so many. It's like this, this yeah. rush of success stories that everybody's having while understanding now how the law of attraction works through the power of kinetic belief. Well, and those success stories, they 99% of the time, they involve the kinetic belief guided journal. And you just gave us the reason why that is such a vital part of of attracting great wealth and that number that you have in your mind attracting that number because like you just said you ha- the key is to not be thrown off to not be diverted to in some other negative direction that's not authentic to you that journal is going to keep you on track it keeps you on track every single day where have i been where am i going what who am i today what am i believing for it, it works. keeps you in there that's right and again you know we're not we're not journaling what's happening in our lives no. we're journaling what we expect to happen and we are staying uh, connected with that. All the emails that we're getting, I'm, it, I am so grateful, so thankful every day from our community of kinetic believers and all the emails, the success stories. Just got one the other day, and she's, she's like, Stephen, you're right. There are no exceptions. No exceptions. And I've always, I've never thought of myself as someone special. And she said, I, I really can choose whatever I want to believe. And it, it's happening for me. Wow, powerful. And and she's really so sweet. She was, um, and she was like, "What did she say?" She said, "I am who I believe I am," and it's being proven. And yeah. people are telling me they're seeing the changes, and it's just amazing. And this is, it, there's just there's nothing more thrilling, is there? There's nothing more exciting than believing for a thing and standing on that belief, and then seeing it manifest into your physical realm. That is just. Oh, it fills you up with so much joy. And and I think, you know, once you get your first belief manifestation, you're hooked. You're hooked. You're absolutely hooked. It changes who you are. You know, imagine the universe is a living, breathing spectator of energy and it surrounds you with the thing that you're believing for just to watch it come to pass the the essence the energetics of what you're believing for and holding on to to fashion the circumstance in your life surrounds you. You can't see it yet. That's why your journal is so important, because you can see that. That is a tangible. This is quantum mechanics. This is philosophy. This is religion. This is life as creators on the earth and beyond. This is how we were meant to live. And we're just shaking off the dust of our creation. Just, I, mean, I feel like the dirt is just now falling off of all of us so that we can begin to clearly see with a vision beyond the now, well off into the spiritual future. 7.6 billion people right now on the earth. And they arrived in this physical realm in order to believe, to believe something, believe anything. And the, the negativity, the negative energetics that are being believed, well, sure, it's come to pass. Wars are fought because they're believed. 
Wars are won because it's believed. Peace comes because of the belief for, for that. We have a soul and we live in a body and we're creating what we believe at all times. And if we believe that money is a problem, well, money, it's a problem. money's a problem. Yeah. If we believe money isn't a problem, well, it's not. Since we possess a soul, we are a creator. Somebody cannot opt out of this. They can't say, well, I'm, I just wish I, I could create something, anything. Well, you can. You, you do. And if you believe you can't, you're creating that void. The substance of which is you. The substance of our lives is us. What we see around us is what we're creating and imagining. Every belief that we have, whatever we say that we believe, will manifest according to that type of belief. This has been proven over and over in the laboratory. And, and one way to understand attraction and how all of this works is from uh, quantum symmetry. There are many different ways to demonstrate uh, that what we believe about money activates what's called quantum symmetry. In other words, what we fear will be attracted against us. It comes against us. The good thing that we are positively excited about and grateful about and believe that and adhere to that and rely on that, that's attracted to advances, to grow us, to increase our lives so that we become more. Symmetry means that the orientation, it can be swapped. You know, the thing that's advancing us one day can be swapped by the negative thing to cause us to retract and retreat. So one thing is that always at the helm is a way to look at this. You can't be advancing. We can't be advancing in our lives while we are thinking negatively. We cannot be going backward and diminishing in our lives while we're thinking positively. There's only one, and they can be swapped at all times. It's quantum symmetry. It means that we can believe good or bad in either way. What we're believing comes for us or against us. We can believe the negative and the law of diminishing return that we don't have much money or because we want it so badly, we just got to have it. Well, that's just fear that we aren't going to have it. Well, that's, that's the picture that we faithfully paint of our lives. And we, we now get to figure out how to enjoy our lives. We actually understand that, you know what? I am the artist of my life. I am design, I'm the designer of it. I'm creating the blueprint. And it's up to me as to what kind of life I'm going to imagine to see for myself. Or we can just positively imagine that, you know what? I've got a tremendous amount of wealth and enjoy the results of the positive des desire of that while creating that. Either way, we're always advancing or retreating according to what we're creating and imagining to see. Mm, I love that you are the artist. We are the artist of our of our lives, um, it really just gave, gives you a sense that the first step here is you need to take responsibility. We need to, we have to take responsibility for the life that we're living because, you know, it, isn't it interesting how so much of the manipulation that's out there in the world when it comes to what people are saying about us is it's almost as if they're always trying to get you to rely on them for your life in, in many different capacities, whether that be government or, um, relationships uh, family, um, a job, workplace for the paycheck. So it, it's like it's always trying to suck that reliance out of fr away from you and put it on something or someone else. And it leaves us with this sort of fuzzy, foggy way of understanding that we are truly responsible for every facet of our lives, no matter what. 
Yeah, in in the the world in its competitive state, there's a battle for our beliefs. And if I can get you to believe my way, Mm -hmm. then I'm sucking your virtue to become more of myself. Yes. I'm increasing my territory by taking yours. Yeah. I'm increasing my territory by getting all these people over there to believe my way. Yeah. It's a battle for your substance, a battle for your virtue, a battle for whatever energetics I can take from you in order to build myself up. Mm. And again, as one building myself up by taking from others always comes with sorrow because what I take today, I'm fearful that someone else could take from me tomorrow. And that shows us too that why it's so important, what you, the way that you started the podcast, talking about our identity and why we have to embrace that and know it and deeply, deeply in our core self, know who we are and why we're here and what we want to do. And I guess that was going to be my next question too, is how can we be certain that we have discovered uncovered our true identity our true unique original self and that we are pursuing that how can you know because it can be very confusing when so many different you know things in our lives are trying to put an identity on us well i've got a guided purpose workbook on the website that i highly recommend because it takes you back to the beginning it takes us all the way back to the original genius of our purpose and it asks some very simple but probing questions when answered fearlessly begins to reveal the, the creative genius within you and so it's by a practice like that that really Uh, allows a person to unbecome and to become undomesticated by negative source influencers, to go back to the beginning so that we rewild ourselves back into the world as kinetic believers beginning to attract that genius of purpose. You know, we heard from somebody the other day, it was really interesting. um, And he said that he was, you know, doing the guided journal and he was working on his manifestations, but that he had sort of hit this slump and it, you know, he just emotionally was like sort of slowing down and he was having a hard time with the process. And then he got the purpose workbook and it just completely caused this resurgence and put him on an even higher level than he was at because like you're saying, that identity is everything. It really is going to anchor us through this process. Well, uh, that's a great point because take take um, somebody that's basically, not fundamentally, but basically using the law of attraction. And what do they do? They start, they look at a catalog of vehicles. Let's take that as an example. And they find a convertible red Mustang. Well, gosh, I'd love to have that. I'm going to start believing for that and, and track that into my life. And then they get that only to find out it's not what they really wanted. It's not uh, in alignment with their original <laughs> harmonics of I desire. I like the wind in my hair. And they don't like, exactly. <laughs> they, they, they get easily sunburned, whatever sure. it is. So it's a different experience. Yeah. What happened? They don't know. They had not taken the time out to find out what their real yeah. identity is. We have to do that. You have to do that because once you do that, then you don't change. And that's what we, that's what we're teaching. And that's what makes a person successful is to not change their desires according to the battle for beliefs yeah according to the next latest greatest no we're going back to who we are what makes us weird why we are tilted how what makes us so divergent to begin with and we embrace that for example a a kinetic belief for more money it doesn't change what you're believing and if we're changing our belief for more money, let's say I'm believing for a million today and tomorrow I decide to believe for 1.1 million. <laughs> and then the next day, you know what, let's make it 1.2 million. Well, I'm not attracting anything because I'm changing my belief. Right. 
So we you're nail wa- that down. You're waffling. We're waffling. We're double-minded. Yeah. We're double energetic. We are creating <laughs> different variations on the theme. You're planting the seed and digging up the seed and planting the seed. To look at and it and reevaluate it. It's never going to grow. That's Nothing. exactly right. And something that I think probably the thing that something that you taught us that helped me the most with my identity and not just discovering my identity but with embracing it and really loving myself was you've you've taught us to look when we look at other people instead of trying to find those commonalities to look for the differences and celebrate those differences mentally as you meet people as you come across people and for me that intrinsically caused me to really begin to embrace and love everything that's different about me so isn't that interesting so when you're doing that for for others, it intrinsically happens for you as well. Absolutely. And you know, when we're looking for our, quote, tribe, the best tribe is one that's celebrating its diversity. Yeah. And it looks, uh, you know, the look of a tribe that is authentic is going to be the most dynamic uh, version of variations and qualities, dynamics, yes. giftings, heights, weights, color, People, clothing, variations, beauty. It's like going through the art gallery and you're seeing all of these different colors and paintings and vistas and likenesses and and mediums and all these. And that's what makes it so spectacular. And that's the way we are as people. And as long as we're looking for commonalities and trying to fit in and become like everybody else, yeah. It doesn't work. Life does become a lot brighter and a lot more exciting and fun, doesn't it? When we stop hanging out with people that are just like us. Imagine a world. <laughs> yeah, imagine it's a world fun. of billions of people that are all celebrating their differences and it, yeah. uh, loving that within each other within unconditional, ourselves, unconditionally. Within each other. Yeah. That's right. That's beautiful. That's the goal there. So the world systems have been constructed in a way that belief has been confined where possible. And used as the valuation for everything around us, confining it, saying there should be only, uh, well, let's take America. Maybe there should only be four different types of people in the United States. <laughs> what a sad existence, right? Yeah. But that's the way it's been until now. Right now, we're, oh, there's an awakening worldwide that says, you know what? There's beauty and diversity. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, uh, if you go to an elite college because you went to the elite college, what you believe is supposed to have more manifesting value. You have more ability, more genius of ability because of the elite college than what someone who never left the house they grew up in can believe to see. And that is part of the valued belief system. Mm -hmm. That's what's being thrown out now. We're realizing that that is not the way to living a, a perfected life. That way of life was created by the competitive world of believers that says, here's the valuation system. Here's the ladder you have to climb. And when you get to this top rung, however you get there, I don't care how you get there, you get there, then you're worth something to the rest of us. That's the competitive system. Right. And it works for, and that works for everybody that believes it comes with sorrow. People get to the end of their lives only to realize they've been living someone else's life like Robert Redford said in Out of Africa. (laughs) It's a good line. The valued belief system is how winners and losers are chosen by that system of measurement. Throwing it out. Get rid of that idea. Because it's difficult for those living out their lives, believing what they're told to stop adhering to that valued belief system. It's difficult. But we drop that system and way of doing things and understand that, you know what? Belief, belief for, imagination and desire, according to your original 
genius of purpose, according to your identity, the thing that we're talking about that makes you different from everybody else, when you can rise up as that person every morning, get dressed, face the day as the authentic you, then all of a sudden, you know what, there is... You understand that belief is not a respecter of persons anymore. Success is not a respecter of persons. Billions of dollars is not a respecter of persons. There is a flow of money throughout the world, and it already exists. And it's flowing with a person that's standing there in the presence of the flow, and it's flowing without them there. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us to kinetically motion ourselves, to involve ourselves where that flow is taking place. And we stand there within the motion, the kinetic motion of that, the money, the wealth in, within the world, the valuation of that wealth within the world, which is not a respecter of persons. It's a respecter of, of, of the, the, the quality of the value of the money. And we believe ourselves to be in that arena of attracting whatever amount we imagine ourselves to attract. And this is where the powerful become powerfully free is by imagining the kind of lives we want to live, and then the genius of that life begins to motivate us. It compels us. It gives you the in, uh, ingenuity of ideas and invention. It takes your creative purpose for being in the world to begin with, what makes you different, and it values that, and it gives you those those uh, unctions, and it allows us to all of a sudden, you know what, there are these serendipitous moments because the universe is now responding to our own belief system, and people are meeting us that we've never met before. Those circumstances are changing that uh, benefit us and move us toward the very thing that we're believing for. And we never, ever stop believing for that best life, the amount that we're believing to receive. We don't stop believing for the perfected health or for happiness, optimistic joy, and all those things. And they come to us. The universe has got to respond to a kinetic belief that is not double-minded and does not waver it seems really important that you keep taking us back to um looking within and then also doing that overlaying that with this valuation system that you're talking about because that also seems to go back to it's what we say about it it's what we're saying about the thing in our life what we're calling it because you know um a four-year school or a doctorate it's going to be what you say about that thing so if you want to be a doctor, then that's probably something you should pursue and go after. And, and it's what you say about it because you, you understand and you've spoken the value of that thing in your life. But if that's not something you're pursuing, then that you can change the value for yourself. And we are establishing those values, not allowing other people to put their evaluation system on you. I just, I love that, that it, it gives you this this sense that there's sort of this well, it's a spring of, of everything that you could possibly imagine just welling up on the inside of you. And that's where, that's your source energy. That's where all this is going to come from, from within. Keep looking within. Yeah, you know, in the doctor analogy, you see yourself as a doctor, you're valuing yourself as a doctor, and you are a doctor now, long before you've been given the PhD. Now, don't go and practice it, but just see yourself <laughs> as that. That's your valuation system for you. And so there is immediate freedom. In that, from the world's systems of belief valuation. Yeah, freedom from the world systems. I love that. Yeah. So you have to know who you are. you got to change you know, what we believe about what we see and hear. The manifesting creator is the kinetic believer whose platform for creating by believing to attract is unconditional love. But then, you know what? We've got to understand what unconditional love really means. 
It means I love me exactly like I am. And I've got no more preconceived notions of who I'm supposed to be based upon my observations of other people. Unconditional love means that I'm intimately aware of myself and that I adore the unique and good things that make me different from anybody else. And then I locate my creative genius and I go to work fashioning and promoting my aptitude, the essence of my interests. This is the kinetic belief that it begins attracting great amounts of wealth and, and continues increasing every day, increasing to become more and more and advancing my life to become more in every area of life, in my mind, in my body, in my soul. And this is the creator that is on the way to eternal success beyond and here. Understanding the, the symmetries within the universe allows me to construct various laws of physics from the conservation of energy or the conservation of momentum. And so the conservation of momentum is kinetic belief. And this is what causes all of our destinies to either be realized or you know, just sadly missed. The six-year-old child that believes that its destiny is to be the president of the United States becomes president one day. That child believes it's their destiny to be a professional athlete, attracts that experience into their life. The sense of destiny, you know, it just simply becomes us. And it's a sense of destiny. It's one that we rely on and adhere to, and we're journaling and imagining to see and believe. And we're continuing in those thought processes, and our life is changing around us. Our bodies are changing from day to day. And we're eating what we should be eating to, to in, in agreement and alignment with that destiny. And we're being who we need to be in alignment and in agreement with that destiny. And we are not surprised when it shows up either. We are, we. if you feel like you'd be surprised by Whatever you've been believing for, when it shows up, then you're not really believing for it yet. The manifesting kind of belief is the one that says, I already have it. It's mine now. Our sense of self-identity becomes a sense of destiny. We can attract any amount of money, and when we do, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to us when it begins pouring into our lives. If it can still surprise us, then we haven't been imagining it in the present tense. It's our conversation of momentum that, you know what, it produces the cause of the effect of our wealth. And what we believe to be our destiny in particle physics is best understood as quantum entanglement. You know, Einstein said that a property that's not measured or believed, well, it doesn't exist. If you don't think it, if you're not measuring something, it doesn't exist. If you are measuring a certain amount of money, guess what? It exists. It's real to you. In other words, whatever we don't believe doesn't manifest as an option for us. What we do believe exists and is attracted to manifestation. So those who attract money regularly into their lives are forever optimistic. They are always grateful and they always expect it. The kinetic believer will not maintain imaginations for the observation of things that are not lovely and pure. So I can tell you this, that unconditional love says, not only is it good for me, but it will be good for others. And so if part of the process of imagining to receive any amount of money involves the sorrow or taking it or hurting someone else, then that's not a manifestation that's going to be in alignment and agreement with your original source purpose of genius. 
The destiny believer always believes the best in all things, expecting wealth in abundance. And we imagine and to be enlightened in our minds for thoughts to come, ideas to come while experiencing a joyous life. It shouldn't cost us anything where our complete success of advancing our mind, body, and soul is concerned to attract money. The successful kinetic believer always uses their creative abilities to enjoy life. We possess and we use an ability to focus the substance of belief to change our physical around us. And so as disciplined creators intentionally commanding the universal source of matter to rearrange and construct and form and change, expand all those things and to attract that which is desired, you know what? In the presence of unconditional love, we never fail. Never fail. Failure is not part of our vernacular at all. You know, the wealth of money is attracted. Just remember that. It's never pursued. It's always attracted. Let's work on some high viewpoints now. Just say this out loud. Say, my inner genius, my inner genius requires great wealth. Requires great wealth. I have entered into the greatness. I have entered into the greatness of my wealth. Of my wealth. I'm aligned. I am aligned with my higher purpose for wealth. With my higher purpose for wealth. I'll always follow my inner voice of genius. I'll always follow that inner voice of genius for attracting great wealth. For attracting great wealth. So I choose actions. So I choose actions that attract money. That attract money for my life's purpose. For my life's purpose. Every answer for attracting wealth. Every answer for attracting wealth is within me now. Is within me now. I just need to listen. I just need to listen. I've attracted the substance I've attracted the substance of my heart's desire of my heart's desire and I have the ability and I have the ability to pay for it to pay for it my awareness for wealth my awareness for wealth is heightened is heightened I'm unwavering in my belief I'm unwavering in my belief for attracting great wealth for attracting great wealth into my life's purpose into my life's purpose my passions have come to me my passions have come to me and I can more than afford them and I know. <laughs> And I can more than afford them. <laughs> yeah, that's Jeez. it. Hashtag Unlocking shoes. the code of the money flow. <laughs> we we just did it. Yeah. Oh, what a great episode. Um, I love the the weaving in and out of the identity and looking within and understanding differences within ourselves and other people. Just this was a jam packed episode. It really was. Covered a lot, didn't we? Yeah. And so if you want to kickstart your journey or or even boost the one you're already on, make sure you grab the 100 day guided manifestation journal that's on the website at Stephen canyon.com and if you can't afford if you can't you know figure out how to pick one up uh, from us just look get anything get a notebook a spiral book whatever take a crayon get, get something to write with and start journaling anything. your highest viewpoints your thought forms yeah. creating those for living your best life yeah, you got this do whatever you have to do to start journaling that not what you're already experiencing don't misunderstand that is not the kinetic belief uh, way of journaling StephenCanyon.com is the website. And as usual, we are all in this together. So make sure you email us, kineticbelief at StephenCanyon.com. And we love hearing from everyone. I just love hearing the success stories. And then also all the questions. I love hearing the questions people have. It's always fascinating to me the journeys people are on and where they're at and what they're thinking. And um, just just love that, that insight into what we're all doing together fun stuff well let's get on with our day and let's do on, it keep, yeah i need to go for a run and, and actually yeah. get back to not work back to creating that's it yeah that's it thanks as usual for all the wisdom and see you tomorrow bye